Yes, sir. We are finally back with another edition of the Out of My League podcast. I'm Justin. I'm Deshaun. And as always, if you didn't know, we are here to give you all the latest sports takes, debates, updates, and last but not least, the news. News, news. <laughs> for sure, man. For sure. How was your weekend? My weekend was good, man. But how was your weekend? You're the one who had it rough, not me. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm feeling a lot better now. I got my wisdom teeth, uh, all four of them taken out last week. So I'm kind of getting back in the groove of things. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes, man. We have a very special guest on the podcast today. We are going to jump right into it because we are talking all things QBs, none other than Emery Hunt. <laughs> What's going on, Emery? <laughs> Not much, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. No problem. For sure, man. Thank you for taking the time to be on the podcast again. We're going to go ahead and get right into it. Last year, you mentioned Jalen Hurts, and you were pretty big on him while others weren't. You thought that he would be a big sleeper pick in the draft, man. How do you feel? <laughs> you know, sometimes it's just you have to trust what you see. And, and when you watch Jalen Hurts compete at Alabama and then go to Oklahoma and do the same thing, and get better each and every time he was out there on the field. And you're not surprised at what he did out there in Philly. And, yeah. you know, it shows mm -hmm. that this dude was legit ready to play uh, from day one. And it's, you know, it's just, it's funny when, you know, uh, when you say it is just different than when uh, others say it, like when you say it, they say, Oh, you just, you're, you're radical. Mm -hmm. If someone else says it, they'll say, Oh, that's intriguing. Let's look <laughs> yeah. more. Yeah. <laughs> you're absolutely right. You proved to be right. And no one goes back and says, oh, man, you really called that one. They just kind of ignore it like it didn't happen. They don't want to give you your props, man. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to give you your props, and, man. And Emory, I know a lot of people have kind of alluded to the situation in Philly comparable to what happened to Alabama with both Jalen and Tua. And I think that's I think that's a good point to start at, right? Because I feel like the whole Carson Wentz getting benched thing and Jalen can kind of, you know, he can relate to that, right? Yeah, he can relate to that, you know, and it shows you the type of mindset that both guys have. Yeah. I mean, Jalen could have easily transferred, went to the tank. No, he stayed. He understood where his deficiencies were mm -hmm. and took the opportunity, you know, to work on those when he got on the field and limited to doing it. You know, they were blowing everybody out. So he was getting clean up action and show and show that he had improved in the passing game. Yeah. So much so that they needed to call on him in that SEC title game. And it was because of his passing that he helped win them that game and get them to the playoffs. So juxtaposed to how Carson Wentz handled that situation, mm -hmm. you know, allegedly, you know, we're just hearing what was being reported yeah. allegedly, True. but just judging by how that situation played out, he handled it completely different than what Jalen Hurts did, Absolutely. which is why Hurts has had the success he's had at two different programs. Yeah, and one game that sticks out from this year is the Arizona game. Him and Kyler Murray went back-to-back. -back, and honestly, Jalen Hurts was a one Hail Mary uh, to get Dallas Goddard away from winning that football game in Arizona. And that ball hit Goddard. I right in the hands. Hit. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, so how, how accurate was that throw? And, you know, so again, a guy that – can never be rattled, that does a great job versus pressure. I don't care about the height, weight, speed, yeah. arm strength, all that stuff like that, man. That element of quarterback play, the ability to not be scared versus pressure, mm -hmm. I want that guy 10 times out of 10. Built for the moment. Right. And if you look on Twitter, you see all the Eagles players really rallying around him, and I feel like that's who Jalen Hurts is. They're saying the same things. They're yeah. talking about his leadership and how they know he's a guy in the huddle and they understand, you know, that he has their back and they have his. And they know that he can go into a you know critical situation and, and come out on top or at least give these guys a chance to win, which he did in every game that he was able to play in as a starter. Absolutely. Now, now that we're off Jalen Hurts, who is this year's Jalen Hurts for you? I mean, it sadly, it's probably, you know, Justin Fields. Okay. And it's he's my number two quarterback in this crazy to say that about a guy that's going to go probably within the top five yeah mm -hmm. but the talk around him 
is I mean, you guys know what I'm trying to say, and, and guys yeah. Yeah. Can read between we, the lines. Yeah, we know. We yeah. get it. Yeah, we get yeah. it. Don't man, every, you can say whatever you need to say on this podcast. We're <laughs> we good. We, we know what time it is. <laughs> every every year it's the same yep. thing. Yeah. Yep. Just play the hits. And um, you know, it, it's unfortunate because there some team mm-hmm. is gonna miss out on a fantastic player. I agree. Justin Fields and wonder why they didn't take that guy. And, you know, a lot the sad part is a lot of people in the media influences how fans per, perception is, yep. um, which then influences how owners make decisions because they then influence the people they hired, like the GM. Yeah, And so that's how you see picks get made. And it's unfortunate because if we're keeping it a buck and, and everybody just, if it was just about, football mm-hmm. it would be a no-brainer the conversation should be between uh fields and lawrence and not fields and the rest everybody of, yeah, every, yeah the rest of the field and i was going to bring that up because we all know according to the media and you know perception that trevor lawrence is going to be the unanimous number one pick but as far as justin fields do you think that his play this year had anything to do with why he's fallen somewhere on those draft boards and you know raising eyes on those teams it doesn't matter how he played this year. It was going to fall regardless yeah. because okay. of the, the, the natural narrative. The natural narrative. The natural narrative. Yep. Like you would think coming off the game he had against Clemson. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. He had a great game. Great game yeah. against Clemson. I thought that should have told everybody everything they needed to know. Yeah. Well, they, you know, then they, they'll find other reasons why he couldn't, you know, why that was an anomaly. And they'll mm-hmm. go back to the Northwestern game or go back to the Indiana game, both of which he won. Um, but you know, right. yeah, literally. Um, and, and you know, so it's just you know that's why I'm not as upset about it this year because I've you know I've seen it with uh, you know Hurts and with every quarterback like that Lamar Jackson. It just mm-hmm. yeah. it goes on and on and on. I mean Daniel Jones went ahead of Dwayne Haskins. Oh now gosh. right now it looks like um, Haskins is a quote unquote bust, but who knows? He could resurrect his career in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah, right. Pittsburgh. It's not like Daniel Jones been lighting it up. I mean, it's, you know, so, but we know how that's the, that's the narrative, man. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. even if Haskins had Daniel Jones numbers, they would have gotten rid of Haskins anyway. For yeah. sure. So, For sure. Uh, so I, you know, I, I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm not going to waste energy getting animated about it. It's just cause I just laugh at it and just let people be wrong and then try to, write all those stories of who could have seen it happen who yeah. could have seen it <laughs> and you just right here like i tried to tell you just <laughs> I... up a retweet away <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i like yeah. that i like that yeah man i feel i feel like this is the same narrative each and every year uh i want to ask you about another quarterback uh how about kellen mon from uh, texas a&m you know mon reminds me a lot of a guy like jason campbell okay you know, physically he you could say yeah he got everything but yeah. there's always something about you know, watching him play, you just like, you know, I, I just can't understand why it's not looking fluid or why it's not clicking like it should click. Yeah. Um, you know, especially a guy playing in that offense with Jimbo Fish, that's mm-hmm. a good offense. Um, you know, with the weapons there they have at Texas AM, with the productivity he has had from a numbers perspective. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of times just watching him play, he just plays a bit robotic. Um, and you know, almost like you see this with guys that are like let's say like a Alex Smith, mm-hmm. you know, where yep. these are super smart dudes, and you know maybe they're too smart for their own good. They yeah. just don't you know react fast enough, and I feel like that's a that's the thing with Mon. Like he's smart and understands what going was going on, but you know sometimes he wants to be assured that's what's going on. But you don't have that luxury of of time to to wait for that to happen or to come about in the NFL. You got to make things happen on the fly right. that's why a guy like we know Tua Tagovailoa mm-hmm. pound pound is a better quarterback than Ryan Fitzpatrick right. but the reason why Ryan Fitzpatrick looks better and plays better because he reacts mm-hmm. and Tua looks like a thinker out there and that's not going to get the job done right yeah man I feel like do you know quarterbacks in evaluation I want to know specifically when you're evaluating these quarterbacks as the year goes on what are what specifically are you looking at how well they handle pressure situations when things are going great, you know, and you're unscathed and your team is up and, you know, all of those things, it's easy to look competent. Yeah. But when, when the pressure happens, when the game is on the line and it's just pressure of the situation, pressure from the opposing defense, it, you know, it really changes things because the NFL is 16 weeks of pressure. 
and and so if you can't handle pressure at the collegiate level, then you won't be able to handle pressure at the pro level. So that's the main thing I look for. Mm-hmm. Everything else is easy to see. Like you see who has a strong arm and yeah. you can see who has like, for instance, you, you look at a guy like, um, you know, physically you look at someone, let's say like a Jacob Eason who mm-hmm. came out in the draft last year, yep. strong arm. Um, big frame, all that good stuff. And then you look at a guy like Kellen Moore, who had no arm, you know, built like a tent grader. Yeah. <laughs> and all just didn't have the look, right? right. But if you had, were to ask me who would you rather have as your quarterback, I'm taking Kellen Moore. I'm taking Tim Tebow, you know, because I know at least he's not afraid. You know, I yeah. know at least yeah. he's not scared of the moment. Um, it may have to go about, we may have to go about a different way with, with winning. But I know if I need a play to be made, they'll make that play more so than Easton would, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's not a knock on Easton. Some guys just don't. You could be good and still not be good for the moment. Yeah, like just, just not built for the pressure. Just not yeah, built. Right. Yeah, just not built for the pressure. I got you. I got and you. That's, that's how it is. Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, you mm-hmm. know, quarterbacks, productive, solid guys. But, you know, you know, when the pressure is on, you, you're going to take Tom Brady. You're going to take someone that may not have the physical skill of them, but someone that is built for the moment. It's going to win you that game. Talk to me real quick about Mac Jones, because you mentioned Tom Brady. Mac Jones has been compared to Tom Brady, which is a huge comparison for a a college quarterback. Oh, boy. Yeah, I I say the same thing, and (laughs) I'm confused about it every time. But what do you think about Mac Jones, and where do you think his best fit is right now in the NFL? You know, I I like Mac Jones, and I think uh, because he's not flashy, Mm -hmm. you know, productive, and – you know, the, the thing is, when I watched this film, I was looking because, you know, I was looking for something to say, all right, you know, he this is why, you know, he's having success and is not mm-hmm. going to translate. Yeah. But that never, uh, you know, arose. OK. I was watching film. It was just like he's just a solid player, consistent. He reminds me a lot of, uh, you know, like a Jimmy Garoppolo type or Matt Hasselbeck. Okay. More Matt Hasselbeck than Garoppolo, because I yeah. think Mac Jones has a. a has a great feel for the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, like he handled, I thought, pressure well. And you know, his accuracy was just consistent at all levels of the field. Deep ball accuracy was consistent. And, you know, it was he's a good football player that that can help an offense go. Now, he's not elite. Mm-hmm. So for me, I wouldn't take him in the first round. But, oh, you know, okay. you he's take going- him in, in round two or yeah. elite first round pick. You know, and, you know, you have a lot of needs already filled and you could take a chance on someone mm-hmm. um, like that. But mostly for me, I would I would I wouldn't mind taking him in the second round. You know, we've seen Andy Dalton go in the second round. We've yeah. saw, we yep. saw Colin Kaepernick go in the second round. So you could have success as, as a second round guy. And I know people will I know quarterbacks go in the first round because they want the fifth year option. Mm-hmm. But Mac Jones, I think, is is, you know, a solid football player that, that can win you some games. OK. And my last question for you is. Are any of these quarterbacks a little overrated to you right now? Because there have been, you know, a lot of ratings as far as quarterbacks supposedly going to top four picks with the latest mock drafts around the board. So are any of these quarterbacks being a little overrated in your perspective? I would probably say, uh, you know, Davis Mills out of Stanford, who's getting a lot of buzz now. I agree. Um, okay. And I think because you see people fall in love with pro days and, you know, it's easy to fall mm-hmm. in love with with that trap because you get you it's a controlled environment yeah uh, he has tools individually on the paper uh from you know when he's throwing the football you know deep down the field it's like man it looks pretty it jumps out his own you saw the the 40 yard dash so he has some athleticism mm-hmm. you go and watch it on film it doesn't translate you know, <laughs> you know you don't see those things and you see a lot of questionable decisions and the fact that he has been injured a lot i thought he should have gone back to school this is true but I understand why he went out, why he came out. I mean, you graduated from Stanford already. And also you, you know, you've been injured in college. So why not take your shot at the NFL? The league will, the league is looking for quarterbacks like you. So they're going to, you're going to always have a job. And so if it doesn't work, you got your Stanford education to fall back on, but at least you took the shot to get into the NFL. And, um, you know, and if, and if you're able to overcome that injury bug, that injury history, and play consistent, find your consistency at the pro level, then that's that's fine. But um, I just thought he should have gone back another season at Stanford and and really put together a full season of of health and also consistency. Yeah, I agree. Um, before we let you go, 
one more quarterback. Talk to me about Kyle Trask. It's it's interesting with Trask. If this was '96, then Trask would have been like you know first round. <laughs> Yo, that's right? hilarious. Because <laughs> <'Cause> he's because <laughs> you know that that style of quarterback, unfortunately, is is outdated. Like you have to be able to move. And I think what happened, mm-hmm. um, okay. you know, we saw against Oklahoma, uh, we saw in in those those games that they lost when teams put that pepper on them, it yeah. kind of things he couldn't get out the way. Yeah, you know? he's a statue and, back there. Statue <laughs> back there, and it's it's unfortunate because the game. I mean, you think about it. That in a way is what kind of hurt Dwayne Haskins yeah. so far. You know, the fact that he's not the most mobile, you True. know, guy like his contemporaries that can use that as a as an asset until the mm-hmm. game slows down for them and from a passing perspective. So if you're going to play that game, um, everything has to be clean around you. And, you know, but we know the NFL doesn't operate like that. So for him, it's like, you know, he I think he's a QB2 at best, mm-hmm. you know, um, okay. like Matt Schaub-like. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, but I just think that he he's playing in a different era, man. It's, and it's unfortunate because, again, he, you know, he started out with a bang. Yeah, he did. He was a Heisman candidate Yeah, for everybody thought he was going to be the next yeah. big whatever, you know? I feel like that was, you know, the narrative going out there. And, unfortunately, it just, you know, as the season went on, teams started to find ways to get pressure. Mm-hmm. And it really – it highlighted his lack of mobility and also highlighted his lack of arm strength. Yeah, honestly, you know, if it wasn't for Pitts and like Davis, uh, Tony, and guys like that, he would he would be sh- suffering this year. I feel like yeah. those guys are open up windows for him. I mean, you look at Tony uh, being a, a short guy that could take it a long way, a short mm-hmm. you know reception guy, and then you look at uh, uh, Pitts and also Grimes. Yeah, Grimes too. too. Yeah, all trees that can go out there and make any throw look good. Yeah, you know. Um, so I just feel like you know if he was playing in the earlier era, you know, we could run, you know, be under center operate off play action, you know, one, two, three, get the ball out. Um, big, big quarterback back there in the pocket. I just think that he's, you know, he's not built for today's game. Yeah, I agree. All right, man. Thank you. Thanks for, uh, you know, joining the show. If you have anything else quarterbacks wise, you can go ahead and send that. Otherwise, you know, we're going to let you go today, man. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. I just want to say, um, you know, you guys do great work uh, out that. there. I appreciate just, you, man. Keep doing your thing, and uh, one guy that I would I should bring up, um, I'm I'm pretty high on him, and that's Donald Hammond the third out of Air Force. Uh, I'm gonna look. Triple yeah. option quarterback I'm gonna study him. That, okay. Yeah, he's 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 excellent, and you don't see triple option quarterbacks one that big at six two to twenty, but also that can throw. Um, I true. mean his his this is true. So go and watch him. Okay. Uh, he's one of those guys probably be a you know undrafted free agent, but he'll get in the camp and and wow some people with. I mean, he's he compared his he personally compared his game to Jalen Hurts. They built the same, they play the same, and you talk about someone with leadership capabilities coming from Air Force and his ability to run and also ability to throw. It's, I think people need to talk more about him uh, moving forward. Yeah, and before you go, I want you to go ahead and plug your Twitter and your scouting notebook. Oh yeah, uh, I, I'm a terrible <laughs> businessman. <laughs> I went, yeah, we weren't gonna let you get out of here without plugging yourself, man. Go ahead, give it to us. Well, they can uh folks can purchase a copy of our 2021 draft guide at footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. It has all of my individual scouting reports for over 570 players. Um, so you get my thoughts on every player that that I was able to lay eyes on uh, in this draft class, which should help you, you know, on draft day and during preseason training camp, all that stuff like that when a roster is constantly changed. So um, it's 10 bucks, you know, footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. You can also subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash footballgameplan and follow on Twitter at fballgameplan. I will be purchasing that. <laughs> My man, always a pleasure. You dropping the knowledge for us. I appreciate you guys having me on, man. Have a good one. All right, man, you Later. too. That was none other than the great Emory Hunt football game plan owner and founder. That was really good insight, man. Yo, he knows everything. <laughs> <laughs> he he knows everything. One, I would never think to look at a triple option quarterback. Never. But I'm going to go check him out. Yeah. I'm going to go check him out because, one, I mean, I, you know I'm all about ACC. Mm-hmm. Georgia Tech, their quarterbacks are always trash. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't really pay too much to the triple option. Yeah. But, no, nah, I'll, I'll peep game. And I think that 
what he said about Justin Fields is unfortunately true. Mm-hmm. The same thing happens every single year. Every single year, right? You know, and I, I feel like, you know, we've seen two different Justin Fields this year, right? I feel did. like when he played against Clemson, that was probably maybe his best game of the year, right? It was. And then against, you look at against the best team that he played all year. Right. And then you look at the Northwestern game and what did he struggle with? Pre pre-disguise of the snap, right? Mm-hmm. Defense, you know, different, giving him different, different, different looks. Schemes, yeah. Different packages. Giving him those pre-looks and, you know, disguising yep. coverages in the back end really gave him issues earlier in the year. And then as the year went on, he began to get really comfortable in his progressions, he you did. know, reading the defense, seeing where his routes were going to open up at, seeing what, you know, if it was a zone or man, depending on where you're going with the ball. And I feel like he grooved as the year went. And I feel like people are knocking him for that Northwestern game, but you got to look at the Clemson game and see how he progressed throughout that. To me, it's only a blessing in disguise. And the way I say that is because, it seemed like Justin Fields somewhat coast through his college career. They didn't really have too many challenges. He dominated the field every time he stepped on the field, and rightfully so because mm-hmm. he's elite. Yeah. And Northwestern brought a challenge to him that he kind of had to adapt to, yeah. and he made a couple of mistakes, but let's not forget he won that game. Mm-hmm. They won that game, and then against the biggest opponent, Clemson, which was his biggest opponent. Against his, Trevor Lawrence. Against his biggest win. <laughs> yeah. yeah, against the unanimous number one overall quarterback, right. Trevor Lawrence. He dominated that game. Sure did. He outshined Trevor Lawrence. He made that Clemson defense look awful. Yeah. And no one's going to sit here and say that Clemson couldn't beat Northwestern because they would destroy them. They would. Yes. Yeah, they would <laughs> They would destroy him. So, like you said, he learned and progressed as the year moved on. Yeah. And I think it helped him to kind of understand, okay, when these blitz schemes mm-hmm. come up and stuff, he's reading defenses faster. And I think he's primed. I think he looks really good. And he's going to be a steal for anybody that can get him in the draft. And you know what's going to benefit Justin Fields at the next level is really getting with a coach that knows how to build a relationship with his quarterback and put him in position to really thrive, right? Like you see a lot of quarter, you know, coaches that have these young quarterbacks and they don't they don't teach them the game at the NFL level. They and don't want to really bring them up. They just want them to step in yeah. and win immediately. You can't do it like that. You have to invest in your quarterback right. and you have to put the time in and work with them and bring them up to speed, not just plug and play and right. boom. And then they give up on them too soon. And, and then also, they go to other teams right. and flourish. And also, I feel like offensive coordinators need to start putting more college concepts in their play calling, right? Because I, I feel like too. you look at these guys and that's all they've been doing for three, four years in college. And, you know, the spread formations with multiple options off it. Or even some of these guys going to a West Coast, you know, format mm-hmm. and have, you know, guys in a flat. You have your out routes and things like that. But I feel like this is, this is a time where if you're a team – like you have a, a a young coach, a young head coach who really understands how to put their quarterback in position to thrive in a spread formation. You know, go back to Ohio State, you know, and you see what Ryan Day did with him at Ohio State. Yeah. And kind of implement those those concepts in your game plan so your quarterback's more comfortable digesting what's going on in front of him. At the end of the day, it should be an equal partnership. A quarterback shouldn't have to adjust 100% to you and your playbook. You should kind of tailor some plays to him that makes him Agreed. feel comfortable so that he can kind of maneuver and learn as he goes but still have those things to fall back on that highlight his strong suits. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. For sure. We had a lot of free agent <laughs> signings over these past two weeks, man. I feel like we ain't potted in years. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Good Lord. Yo, don't ever get your wisdom teeth pulled again. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. Free agency, man. I mean, who's been the biggest signer for you so far? Honestly, if, I, if I'm talking about a team that drastically improved itself, I want to talk about the Cleveland Browns because you look at Troy Hill, you look at John Johnson, you look at Malik Jackson. Like one thing that the Browns struggled with last year was defending the pass. And you also added another pass rusher, Malik Jackson, who can play inside and can rush from the edge as well. So you added a pass rusher. And you added two or three pieces in your secondary to really bolster that as well with your young pieces already there in place. So the Browns right now are set up right now to win. Do you like them winning that division? I do. Okay. Because I don't like the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think the Ravens because they lost two or three pass rushers and they didn't add a receiver yet. Still still haven't given Lamar Jackson no outside threat. Man. I think this is the Browns division to, to win. Okay. 
Okay, I'll take that. And I, I want to say this too, and I want to preface this by saying we're going to revisit this post draft because they could add some pop, <laughs> some firepower in the draft. And I'm like, nah, all right, man. never mind. Stand, put ten toes in the sand. Stand no, on it. Not Stand. yet. Oh, I need to we, see the full picture. We. <laughs> boo. Yeah, boo. <laughs> Yo, Bill Belichick though brought the wallet out. Oh, he spent the bag. <laughs> he dropped the bag. He went crazy in the offseason. Unlike think, the Patriots. Yeah, I feel like they signed like ten players. The whole league. They, they, they signed like the whole they signed a whole new roster. Yeah, literally. Nah, for real, for real. I was like, what do you make of the Patriots doing that this offseason, man? Honestly, I feel as though they needed this. Um, oh, I, th- I think they needed it. I think had, it was calculated too. Yeah, you you had money to spend in free agency. Mm-hmm. You knew your draft picks weren't mm-hmm. hitting like you thought they would. Nope. I mean, honestly, we look at Bill Belichick's drafts over the last like eight years, they're terrible. Like I just want people, I want people to realize that his draft classes over the last like eight to ten years have been atrocious. Just wasting picks. Yeah, <laughs> just bad. wasting picks. But so they were dynasty. Exactly. So. Hey, what can you say? So we're looking at the Patriots now, and you have two quarterbacks on the roster. You have Cam Newton, and then you have the young uh, quarterback from last year. And what Bill Belichick did was he provided Cam, if it's going to be Cam, you know, week one, some weapons. You gave him two dynamic t- uh, tight ends, yes. Hunter Henry, John o. Smith. You gave him Nelson Aguilar, mm-hmm. who, you know, is – if he's consistent, he's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you added some O-line, you mm-hmm. know, David Andrews and guys like that. Yep. You added some pieces back on the defense. Yep. You have some guys coming back off the COVID list from last yep. year. You know, mm-hmm. people that opted out, they're coming mm-hmm. back. So the Patriots right now are in an interesting spot, right, because you have – a Cam Newton who's going to have a, a chip on the shoulder because he felt like he had a lot of plays left mm-hmm. on the field. Yep. And you oh, have one full season to get acclimated to yeah. the playbook, but continue. And then you have an organization in the Patriots who just seen Tom Brady win a Super Bowl. Another one. <laughs> and if that doesn't if that doesn't fuel you and make you angry, I know Robert Kraft said, you know, I'm happy for Tom Brady. Lies. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Boy, you are sick to your stomach. He probably watched that game and threw up. He, I guarantee you, after Super Bowl, he called Bill like, "Look, all right, enough, enough, yeah. <laughs> enough, no more of this." <laughs> he literally looked at Bill and said, "Let's do this." <laughs> I'm opening the wallet up. Yeah, yeah. Whoever you it, need, it doesn't matter how much it costs. Buy it. <laughs> and they spent the most in free agency. They so did. Far. They did. Another I'm, team that spent a lot on free agency is the New York Jet. Uh, Giants. I'm sorry. Jet. Recently, yeah. yeah, over the last few days, yeah, a signing frenzy, and they spent a lot on two players. Um, yeah, the Galladay signing that's a, a lot, lot of money, money. <laughs> 18 mil a year. That's a lot of money for Galladay, for Kenny Galladay. It's a lot like, of money for Kenny Galladay, especially for a guy who's coming off a hip injury. Like, it's a lot, you're of investing money. a lot of money, and I get here's the thing. I get what Dave Gettleman's looking at, right? Because you have a young quarterback on his rookie contract. You're mm-hmm. not paying him next to anything right now. Right. And you're trying to see who Daniel Jones really is. And the only way you can do that is if you put pieces around him. So he's built that offense completely out now. Oh, yeah. No, and they're surrounded. They may not be done because they hold, I believe, the eighth pick, eighth and nine pick in the draft. And they can add a receiver, another one. Yeah. So... You have your Sterling Shepard, you have your Saquons, you have your Galladays, you have endless guys. I mean, you know, Darius Slayton. Darius you ha- Slayton. And you just signed a corner to bolster your secondary in the Dory Jackson. Yeah, Dory so Jackson. Yep. This is a, and they gave Dory Jackson a lot of money too. Like, that's a lot I'm, of money. I'm, I'm not mad at For them. somebody who just got cut. I'm not. <laughs> and you could have traded a seven. Which is wild. Here's the thing Dory Jackson was on his fifth year option with the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans have been shopping him for the last month and couldn't get a buyer. You could have traded a seventh-round pick and got Adore Jackson. <laughs> His cap hit this year would have been $8 million for you. Yeah, He gets cut, and he's up to, like, what, 14, 15 mil per year now? And it's like... He got cut and came up. What is going on around the league? I'm not mad at the signings. I'm just wondering why they spent so much on this. I, I think I think they overpaid for both, both of them. I for think, the both. I think they overpaid yes. for both of them. But I do think that bolsters that team. And that offense, oh, especially, yeah. with a healthy Saquon coming back off injury, I think that offense is going to be solid. Yeah. And I think that puts them right in position in the NFC East, especially. They have as many weapons as anybody. Yeah. They do. They're up And there I now. feel like, you know, a lot of people don't know about Darius Slayton and, and Sterling Shepard. 
Those are two really, really good oh, young Ster- receivers. I know about Sterling Shepard. Yeah. Sterling Shepard's a monster. Those out there. two guys right there are two really, really good young receivers. I think the only thing I worry about with the Giants is health. Honestly, I think health, health is the only thing that holds and them back. Evan Ingram. I mean, my guy. Inconsistency. Can you please put a full season together? Health. Health. In- inconsistency. It's, it's tough. And he drops passes. <laughs> yeah. That I mean, yeah. Yeah. Inc- inconsistency right there. But back to my first point. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns. All right. Okay. Yeah. Who's your biggest loser so far in free agency? The Texans and the Baltimore Ravens. I got two. The Baltimore okay. Ravens and the Texans. All right. The Texans have like seven running backs on the roster <laughs> and a whole bunch of other guys that we just They do have mad running backs. They got Mark Ingram over there now too. Yeah. <laughs> they got Mark Ingram and a whole bunch of other other guys. I'm like What's, are y'all going to run the ball every play? Like, what, <laughs> what is going on? Power formation every play. Eye <laughs> formation. Yeah, man. Goal line. <laughs> Facts. Goal line every play. Yeah, but in the other the other team is the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. You lost both their pass rush. I thought, yep. here's the thing. I thought the Baltimore Ravens were only going to use, lose one of their pass rushers. They lost both of them. Took a big hit on defense. And that's a huge hit on defense. The other thing is, we, we preached all offseason so far about providing Lamar Jackson with the necessary weapons to thrive. Where's the wide receivers at? I've been preaching that since Louisville. Where's the wide receivers at? They'll listen to me one day. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm lost on the approach in Baltimore right now, and they have a great, and I mean a great GM who came under Ozzie Newsome. Yep. But I will say I, I don't know what the direction is. Maybe they're maybe they're trying to get bargain guys. You know, maybe they're not trying to spend so much money. But you just lost both your pass rushers, and you still didn't add a wide receiver. Yeah, I'm gonna stay in that same division. I'm gonna go with the Steelers. Yeah, they did, they did not get better. I'm, I'm gonna go with the Steelers. I think bringing back Big Ben and Juju. Um, and yeah, and Juju. I I think that was a mistake. Both, yeah, both I, were I bad decisions. Was, yeah, I think Juju has shown me that he's not a viable number one, very inconsistent as well, and exactly. that may have to do something with Ben Roethlisberger, Juju who is, should be on right. his way out. Juju is a movement Z receiver who can occasionally go in the slot and dominate. So you got to know what you're getting with Juju. Mm-hmm. And the other thing about Juju is that's a very poor decision to go back to Pittsburgh when you had offers yeah. in Baltimore and Kansas City. You <laughs> could be living with Patrick Mahomes right now, getting busy, getting ready to win another ring. Yo, you could really be going to Kansas City right now. He picked Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. One-armed Ben Roethlisberger. Big <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> Big Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, and I think Big Ben should pack it up. Yeah. I do. I don't think Big Ben, regardless if he's 100% healthy or not, he doesn't like the Big Ben that we came to love. At all. Yeah, and I think think it's time for him to go. He can't really throw it downfield accurately anymore. No. And unless he plans on having a big rebirth of a season, I just don't see it. I feel like they're going to be one of the worst teams in their division this year. And they just, you know, the Steelers also, they lost one of their best corners in Steven, uh, Steve Nelson, I believe is his yep. name, uh, today. And they also lost their left tackle. Um, so you have holes, obviously. Yep. You have a cornerback and left tackle that you need to address as well. So the Steelers, I mean, you have an aging quarterback. You have a receiver who's not a number one receiver trying to play a number one receiver. And you lost your left tackle. We said it all last year. The team that started out 10-0, they're the most overrated team. Yeah. And we seen what happened. They crumbled and folded and almost missed the playoffs. Literally. Because they were just on a losing streak at the end of the season. Yeah. by the Browns. Literally. Back-to-back yeah. weeks. And I think they're going to get stomped again. Yeah. I think they'll get stomped again by the Browns. For sure. So, yeah, it's going to be rough. Quick, quick question for you in free agency. Who is left out there that you think could be a huge signing in the near future? I mean, you look at someone like a Casey Hayward, mm-hmm. um, obviously a three-time Pro Bowler. I mean, yep. still a fantastic corner. Yep. Um, Steven Nelson, you know, one of the yeah. Steel- one of the Steelers' best corners, just became a free agent today. Yeah. Uh, they released him. Um, he he was only owed five million dollars, eight million dollars this year, I believe. He was eight million. Um, and he's available. I mean, he's going to go to a team that, and they, uh, you know, so many cornerback needed teams right now, an outside corner. He's going to be, you know, I'm sure heavily pursued over the next couple of days. You look at guys like that. I mean, 
there's there's so many other guys, corners that are available right now, safeties that are available right now, wide receivers. That market is still slowly coming yeah. together as well. Yeah. So we're we're looking at a couple, you know, different. You know, you still got Jadavian Clowney's out there and guys yeah. like that. So we're, we're keeping an eye on a lot of different uh, these markets going on. I mean, I'm just gonna say like this: there are a lot of players still on the market. A lot of teams are gonna look totally different come next season yeah and I think what's happening right now is a lot of these guys who thought they were going to get the money they they thought they were going to get they're, they're not they're getting not getting it. that big offer that and they're waiting on the other thing is you have a lot of teams that are being very very patient because they their prices each week they drop their prices they are drop. going down and down yep. and down players are going to start getting desperate and taking less money right every and, week and if you're a wide receiver or if you're a cornerback in this free agency class you're you're in trouble because you're terrified because once the draft hits, talent the draft is huge loaded yeah. with safeties, corners, wide receivers. Yeah. If you're a pass rusher, you're fine because this is not a good pass rush draft at all. But if you're a wide receiver, you're a corner, you're a safety in this free agency class. Like, yo, I need I need to sign. I Quit. need you to understand. You better be taking a one year deal before the draft because once that draft happens and all these young guys are in mm. place. You know, these guys are going to be starting, you yeah, know, a and, lot of and, these guys. And they're coming in on rookie contracts. Exactly. Which, which you can stretch out for a while. Yeah. So you're not a priority anymore. Right. You're not a priority anymore. So you're going to have to start looking at your prices. One-year deals, I'm telling you. Hey, Especially, man, see, it seems like the wave. I'll take one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm available. <laughs> Call Curry. <laughs> I'm available, man. <laughs> All right, man, on the NBA – and we have breaking news, not really breaking news, but I want to make it breaking news. LeBron James out indefinitely, high ankle sprain, mm-hmm. AD, I don't know where AD is, not even sure if he's in LA right now. KD, I don't know where he is either, <laughs> to be honest. I don't know if they need him right now. And I don't think they need the Lakers need AD either. But are you worried about the Lakers? Yeah, I am. Um... The reason I'm worried about the Lakers is because, and it's not even the LeBron thing because LeBron just has a, sp- a high ankle sprain. It's fine. He'll be out three, four weeks. He'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis is different because it's an Achilles. When I tell you Achilles injuries for a guy his size suck, it's <laughs> it's really it's really dangerous for him to it's go tough. out on that court right now. It's tough. And that's why the Lakers have yet to give you a timetable on his return. I know. Because his it's an it is an Achilles injury. They can say it's a calf whatever. Yeah. It's an Achilles injury. Yeah. Multiple yeah. people have said that. Like let's call a spade a spade. Yeah. We seen it. We seen it when he grabbed it. It looked like the same thing that KD, KD did. went through, yeah. right? Exactly. It looked like the same thing that KD went through. And I think I'm starting to not really panic, but I'm starting to question some things because AD was supposed to be back by now or close to it and right now there's no real timetable on his return and I personally don't think that they need him right now because the Lakers are still in second place they still have a decent lead in second third. place a third now it's Phoenix is second. oh yeah Phoenix excuse me excuse me excuse me my, my bad yeah my, my whoa, bad whoa, whoa. My, my bad my bad big guy sorry, <laughs> sorry. don't jump across the table but the Lakers are in third, excuse me. Yeah. And I think they have a solid lead with the Clippers in fourth. Mm-hmm. So I'm not necessarily worried about them making the playoffs. I do think that playoff spot will be interesting because if they somehow drop to maybe a six seed That's interesting. or a seven seed, you could potentially be playing the Jazz or the Suns. Yeah. I would love to play the Jazz round one. I'm not mad at that at all. You you would want to play them? Yes. Okay. Yes. Do you see what's happening to the Jazz right now? <laughs> They're down. They're on. They're they're yeah. they're going down. Yeah. They're they're not that same team that was super hot a couple of weeks ago. No, they're going down. They they've kind of leveled out. So yeah, if I'm a, if I'm a healthy Lakers, of course I'll play the Jazz. Yeah. Great tune-up series. But I don't know if AD is going to be back anytime soon. I, I'm sure LeBron will come back. I know LeBron is basically Iron Man. He's out. Uh, I believe a month. He. Yeah. I mean, four to I'm, six I'm, weeks, right? Yeah. I'm saying he. Well, right now he's saying he's out indefinitely, but indefinitely. But they're saying at least a month. Okay. They're saying they're saying at least a month, so three to four yeah. three to four weeks. Yeah. And I'm sure LeBron will come back just fine. He always bounces back. He never really stays down long. He is the Iron Man in the NBA. Yeah. But AD, you're gonna need him in the playoffs. Point blank. One thing you're that really need him in the playoffs. Yeah. One thing that bothers me with the LeBron injury though is what Kyle Kuzma said, and it kind of hit me what he said. He's never seen him like he's that. He's never seen LeBron yell like that ever. I mean, and if we think about LeBron, rarely gets he hurt. He doesn't get hurt. He rarely gets hurt. And he this, takes care of his body. This is really interesting because, you know, and Brian Warnhorse has talked about it the other day. He said LeBron 
you know, he sprains his ankle all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. But this is severe. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it. And it's really interesting to see. I think LeBron's going to be fine. I think he'll come back and he'll be fine. But it's really interesting how even his teammates noticed a different sound once that injury occurred. And it's a different vibe right now. Usually guys are like, you know, he'll be fine. The Lakers players are like a little nervous. They're they're a little shaky right now. They're gonna have, it's they're really gonna, interesting. They're gonna they're gonna have to step up. Yeah, they're gonna have to step up for the next month because, like I said, you don't want to fall out of the playoff race, right. obviously. Right. And the West is still a tight race. Yeah. They lose four or five games, they go from the third seed to the seventh seed mm-hmm. quick. Like that's how tight the race is. Yeah, because so, you look at two through like seven. six. Yes, yeah, it's two through six or seven. It's they're like all like a span of three games, three like or four three, games, yeah, three yeah. or four games. So yeah, they're they're gonna have to win some games, but I think they'll make it to the playoffs. But I do think, as far as title chances, without AD, I don't think they make it. No. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they get out the West. Yeah, that's, no, that's what yeah. I'm saying. I don't think they get out the West without AD. I think LeBron will be fine. I think he'll be able to come back. What about? 10 games left yeah. in the regular season. I, I'm not worried about up. LeBron, yeah. but AD? Oh, yeah. I'm worried about that I one. need AD to get back, and I need him to get some regular season games back under his belt just to get back into form, shake the rust off a little bit, yeah. and, you know, test out that leg. Because if you just put him in straight in the playoffs, it's, it's going to be tough, and you know that, you know, the players are going to be beating and banging in the mm-hmm. playoffs. It's going to be a lot more physical than it is in the regular season. Exactly. And things are going to get tough. And without AD, yeah, I just don't see it. Especially if you got to depend on Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> and I, you know, Kuzma. <laughs> Kuzma's a funny guy. He man. is a funny guy. He's a, he's a funny guy, man. He's so inconsistent. Yeah, which is which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he'll drop twenty five and then airball free throw, a technical foul free throw. Yeah. There's nobody else at the line. Where's the pressure coming from? We're in a pandemic. It's not like people are in the crowd booing you. They're like, well, like what's happening? <laughs> Animated crowd noise is getting to my man. Literally, he got to toughen up, man. Nah, he got to toughen up. Who's your MVP right now, man? No I mean, LeBron, so I, I mean, I gotta take it's it not LeBron no more. It has to be Dame, right? Or CP3. I mean, okay. either one, one of those guys got to... I like, I like Dame. I like Dame as my MVP right now. Him or James Harden. I think James Harden is having an you know incredible... What? You're year. right. James Harden year. has been phenomenal. And yes. I, and he's been even better because KD hasn't been back. Yep. And Kyrie... Takes like every third game. Yeah, off. so if you look at yeah, <laughs> Kyrie for some reason, Kyrie always needs to take a couple of games. Kyrie, off. I feel you though. I would have took my birthday off too. Salute Literally, to Kyrie. Happy a, birthday. And he it's <laughs> the funniest thing when they when they bring out the Kyrie reports, it's always away for a family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nah, man. Nah. Just, just say it's your birthday and you took off, bro. You you put PTO in. I see what you did. Kyrie's he, he, he not slick, man. <laughs> How do you feel about the East? I think the Bucks are surging right now. Do you think that KD is coming back? Because we haven't heard a timetable on KD's injury. He's supposed to be back a while ago. So the Bucks trading for P.J. Tucker is really interesting. How do you feel that makes them now in the East? I feel like P.J. gives them a different dynamic on offense because he is a stretch four. You can put Giannis – well, Giannis is going to play the five. Mm -hmm. But essentially what P.J. Tucker does is he, he spaces the floor out for you. Corner, so corner three point god. Yeah, <laughs> when you're looking at how much space now you're working with if you're the Bucks, you have Giannis dominating anywhere around the rim. You you can go to the free throw line, you can go wherever mm-hmm. he can be at and just kind of thrive one on one. You have a PJ Tucker who's going to be in the corner. He he's going to shoot up a, a throw a corner three point shot. That, that is hundred percent guaranteed. That is his, his shot. shot. Okay. He's been he's had the highest percentage in the corner, if you guys didn't know, for like at least six straight yeah. years. Something that, crazy. That is his shot. It's something crazy. For some reason, that, that is his shot. That's the only shot he's hit. Yeah. Don't don't worry about anything top of the key. Give it to him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> give it yeah, to him. Yeah, you can slack off that one. Yeah, give it to him. But that corner, bang. Yeah. <laughs> bang. We're bringing that. Yeah. That corner is a must. Do you think that puts them over the Sixers? No. No, oh, what are we talking about then? No. Well, I don't care. Like, I, well, I don't care no, if it doesn't put them I over the not. Sixers. Ugh. I know it doesn't put them over Brooklyn. I'm not at all. I'm not gonna say PJ Tucker's the guy that knocked out <laughs> KD. <laughs> like, let's let's be honest here. I just want to know if it put them over the Sixers. No. Oh, it don't matter anymore. <laughs> On to the other basketball, March Madness. Uh, we're not done with NBA yet. Back to back. We have the trade deadline coming up. <laughs> We do have the trade deadline coming up at the end of Back the week. Back it up. At the end of the week. This guy's ready. He's ready to end the show, guys. No, I'm not ready to end the show. I'm ready to talk about March Madness. One, because Carolina got obliterated. But two, all these lower seeds 
are really ruining my bracket. So I'm kind of high right now. <laughs> but the trade deadline is coming up. Mm-hmm. Who do you got moving that's going to be the needle mover? We got a couple guys, right? You got guys Drummond. like Drummond's one. He's going to be bought out probably. Lowry. Uh, Kyle Lowry's another mm-hmm. one. Aaron Gordon's another Aaron one. Gordon. Uh, George Hill to the lesser degree, but we don't, we're not really worried about him. Lamarcus Aldridge is probably going to be bought out. Mm-hmm. Um, you got a lot of guys, you know, Norman Powell, uh, guys like that. I mean, you, you even got guys like that are petitioning to trade for Tyler Hero. Uh, Lonzo guys Ball. Like that. Lonzo Ball mm-hmm. could be on the move. So, if if I'm if you're if I'm giving you teams to watch right now, I would watch Miami, Boston. Mm-hmm. I'll keep an eye on Philly, mm-hmm. and I would also keep an eye on the Denver Nuggets and the Golden State Warriors as well. Okay, I'll, I'm definitely keeping my eye out on the Warriors. I want to keep my eye out on the Clippers as well. I think that if they can get a point guard, preferably maybe Alonzo Ball. You know what? I think that that might be a decent fit for them. I love the Alonzo Ball fit in the Clippers. Mm-hmm. But I want to go back to something we said before the season. And if I'm the Clippers and I have an all-veteran team pretty much. Yep. And there's a player that we had said before the season had started that would Rondo. be a great fit for Rondo. the Clippers. Rondo. Rajon Rondo is now second fiddle in Atlanta. Yep. If you can get him for a second round pick, why would you not bring Rajon Rondo back to LA mm-hmm. and pair him with a Paul George and a, Kawhi, and a Kawhi Leonard, Leonard and yep. those guys? Because what he does is he's a floor general. And what Kawhi needs is somebody to run the, floor. To run the point guard they position. They, they don't have a true they point don't guard. They don't have a true point guard right now. And if you have a guy like a Rondo who's, who's a physically gifted athlete who can defend the perimeter just as good as anybody, but can also put guys in position to thrive on the break in half court. And you have guys like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard who would not have to do everything because he would put everybody in position. Like, yep. and I feel like they really are missing a guy like a, uh, you know, a Rondo to, to really run the show there. The funny thing you brought him up because they played last night. The Hawks were up 20 Clippers came back and won the game. Yeah. But, we see the absence of a floor general I'm there. I'm telling you, man. And I feel like, like you said, he's playing second fiddle right now to Trey Young. Respectably so. Trey right. Young is amazing. For sure. But I feel like he could be utilizing his talents way more in L.A. with the Clippers. But, yeah, I'm going to keep my eyes on them. I'm going to keep my eyes on the Warriors. I do think that they can make one more move to possibly get somebody over there to Boston help Boston and Miami, for sure. Boston definitely needs to make a move. I definitely think Boston needs to make a move. I'm interested to see if Andre Drummond will get bought out mm-hmm. by the Lakers. I think that's been in heavy talks, no, heavy rotation. Bought out by the Pistons to go to the Lakers. Bought out by the Pistons to go to the Lakers. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, that's been in heavy talks now for oh, a Victor while. Oh, Victor Oladipo is another one. I'm sorry. Yeah. Victor Oladipo is another one. And the Rockets finally won a game after losing 20 straight. That's embarrassing. But yeah. you know what? And I, I feel tough. bad for Steven Silas. Me too. Because he he doesn't deserve this. He was at the podium stress. Yeah, he almost cried. Like yeah, he it was tough. Yeah, it, it looked ugly. It's wild because the team started out eleven and ten and then dropped twenty straight. Christian yeah. Wood went down. All yep. these other guys got hurt. So yeah. I I get it. John John Wall's been in and mm-hmm. out of the lineup. So is Victor Oladipo. Yep. It's tough. It's tough. But I mean, hold your head. That's all you all yeah. you do is hold your hold and your head, I, man. Keep playing. I applaud the coaches, especially the black coaches in the NBA who reached out to him. And called him and made sure he was okay and gave him advice. You know, yeah. Doc Rivers and Help all these out. guys, Monty Williams, like all these guys called him to make sure he was okay. You know, he's a coach's son as well. So I'm sure he's talked to his father and everything like yep. that. Like, yeah. So it, it, was, it was good to see, you know, and hear that the coaches were had his back and they were going to, you know, console him, make sure he's all right. And, you know, give him advice moving forward with an organization because this is his first head coaching job. So, yeah, nah, it's been tough on him. Hopefully the season gets better for them. Obviously, they're not going to make any noise or anything. Right. But, I mean, your players got to want to play for somebody. Right. You got you got to be a leader. No matter how many times y'all get beat, you got to be the one to take it on the chin, get mm-hmm. back up, and keep it moving. So as long as he's moving, the team will eventually rally sure. behind him. And they'll get better. Yeah. They'll get better. But, yeah, trade deadline is definitely going to be interesting. I'm going to keep my eyes on that this week. I'm hoping that there's nothing huge, unless it's the Lakers news, obviously. Oh, I just, I just, Some more Lakers news would be great. Please, Nets, no more players. I don't know how many spots y'all have on the roster, but y'all can't sign everybody. You, you, you really can't sign everybody. Somebody might be uh, exiting the Nets, though. Spencer Dinwiddie. Watch. That's another name. 
He's hurt right now. Yes, but so. he's he's possibly getting traded yeah. very soon. Okay. Not like they need him now. They got KD. Right. <laughs> they got Kyrie. You got James Harden. Yeah. You have everything that you'll ever need. Steve Nash doesn't have to really do It'll anything. be interesting <laughs> to see what they get back for him, though. That that was, was I was I, I do think that he's a valuable asset on any other team. Yeah, on, and he, he's a valuable asset on the Nets. He's just hurt right now, right. unfortunately. But I think even off the bench or in the starting lineup, he can score. He is the perfect guy to come off the bench. Yeah, literally. Yeah, he can start too. Yeah, he can start too. When, when they had him and Karis LeVert yeah. coming off the bench, yeah. Oh my gosh, that was yeah. like the best bench unit yeah. ever. Nah, they, they, they were balling. Yeah. They they're the ones that kept him in most exactly. of their games. Honestly. Kyrie, invite me to your birthday party next time. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. March Madness. March Madness? We good? We're good. All right. March Madness, man. Actually, man, forget March Madness. My bracket trash. (laughs) (laughs) Now he mad. (laughs) I just looked at it again. I'm fed up all over again. Illinois, what we doing? I had y'all winning. Well, I, you know, let's talk about Oral Roberts. No, no, (laughs) no. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. It was a no. Stop doing that. No, stop doing that. Loyola Chicago, Oral Roberts, Albany Christian, Ohio, all these teams that make great runs. Ohio lost. This is truly a wild tournament. A wild tournament. You no, just, be honest. Be honest. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Oral Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, nah. All, all jokes aside, when you asked us that, and we laugh you out the building. And they won that game against Ohio State. I wanted to throw up. <laughs> or Roberts going to the Sweet 16. <laughs> I don't even know where that school is. It sounds like a dentistry school. I don't know where they are either. But when I texted y'all that in the group chat, and I was like, did any of y'all pick Oral Roberts to go to Ohio State? And y'all went off on me. Yo, they the laughed chat. me out of the group chat. And then <laughs> they won. Laughed me out of the chat. What can you say about this tournament, man? Have you enjoyed it? I I think I is this the as many upsets as we've seen in some, quite in, some time in a, in a long because long I'm time. looking at as many high seeds as we had. Mm-hmm. All of them have been losing. Yeah. Other than like the Michigans, the Florida States, you know, teams like that, yep. Baylor as well. Yep. But everybody else has lost. Like, yeah. and it wasn't even close. Some I, some of those games. I I mean, aside from Loyola Chicago, I think they were ranked. Uh, too low. Mm-hmm. I think they should have been ranked a lot higher. Agreed. Yeah, Oral Roberts, the Albany Christians. I just, you, I mean, you just can't see this coming. Like, you can't see two seeds losing. Oral Roberts. You can't see two seeds losing like this. It's embarrassing. You know who else got in Carolina? If y'all ever put on that type of performance on the court again, suicides. No, <laughs> you know the what, whole team. You know what game had me really hot? Is the Georgetown game against uh, Colorado. When I tell you, <laughs> I was watching the game, and I'm like, all right, you know, Georgetown. You know, I usually watch. I, I used to pay attention to, like, Georgetown, Maryland, those type of teams. The best thing is they were coming in so high. Yeah. Off, so, off the highest of highs. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> highest of high. Georgetown was hot coming in. Then, man, they, they had played really good the first five to eight Red. minutes, ten minutes. And then Colorado, next thing you know, three. They, they couldn't three, miss. They couldn't three. miss. They hit 16 straight threes. They couldn't. <laughs> I think, I think they hit like 16 threes. I was like, wow. Like, and you could tell, like, Patrick Ewing, he had no answer. Like, he had no Confused. answer. Confused. And it was it was one of those things where, man, I was like, I was texting somebody from back home about Georgetown. I was like, well, <laughs> no Georgetown this year. I was, I was talking to my boy Phil when we was watching the Carolina game, yeah. and Wisconsin literally couldn't miss. And I was like, they're going to beat Baylor by 100 at this rate. And we couldn't do anything right. So bad that one of our freshmen, big men, said he's going to transfer. Yes, we lost a player. Mm. That's how bad we got beat down. Kessler. He said, man, I'm out. Yeah. (laughs) You know what, man? I wanted to do the same thing. I almost put my name in the transfer portal because we got smacked so badly. But right now, who's going to win, man? Just tell me who's going to win at this point. I said Illinois was going to win. They lost. Florida State. Florida State. Okay. And I don't know if a lot of people that listen to us right now are paying attention to Florida State. Florida State has as much talent as anybody in the country. And they're, they're, they're one of the, big. And they're the one of the most well-coached teams in the country. Leonard Hamilton. Hamilton Leonard Hamilton. 
has those guys playing at a, a level of ball right now where I think they can take anybody in the in the country right now. They're huge, and I mean they're gonna have to play Michigan if they if Michigan mm-hmm. advances. There it is. That, they're yeah. playing Michigan next, right? I think Michigan no, I think, won yesterday. Yeah, Michigan won, but I think they're gonna they beat meet, LSU. I think that, yeah they did. I think they're gonna meet in the Elite Eight. If no, they both win. oh is that is they're that playing the next? 16? Yeah. Okay. They're playing the Sweet 16 right now. Okay, I, yeah. I got Florida State, yeah. Okay, nah, that's going to that's gonna be a close game, yeah. man. That's going to be a close game. To me, at this point, it's Gonzaga's, it's Gonzaga's to lose. I ain't worried about Gonzaga. It, it, I mean, you say that now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of have to just respect it. They haven't lost, so. True. They, 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 haven't, they haven't lost their game, so, I mean, that's that. But yeah. we'll, we'll see. I actually did watch their game fully, mm-hmm. and – they were hanging around. Uh, they were hanging around. I forgot who they played, honestly. But they were hanging around, and then Gonzaga went on a twenty-seven-seven run <laughs> in like a span of six minutes. They're a scary team. They just yeah. put up points and numbers and yeah. bunches. Did you watch that um, Iowa? Yes. Uh, Oregon I game. I did. Oregon's really interesting. They're very interesting. Very, very interesting they're because very interesting. the way they play defense. Yeah, their defense is really, really good. And they on the break, they're like these dudes are out. They have nothing but athletes everywhere. The one thing I'm going to say is I'm not going to get too sucked into that game because even though Iowa was a two seed, I do think they were a little overrated. They're very overrated. I do think they were a little overrated. One because they just score a lot of points, but mm. they play zero defense. No, they play zero defense. They put up 80 points and they, and they lost by the 15. Ball. They turned the ball over alarm, so many at times an alarm, at an alarming rate. Yeah, they just have good pace, yeah. which is why they score so many points. Think about it. They scored 80 and lost by 15. For sure, Oregon doesn't normally score 95 ever. Like they don't normally <laughs> score 95. But what I can say is the Big Ten has looked very bad in this tournament. I think they had one team remaining. Michigan. 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 That's it. They came in with, I think, nine. Yeah. And, yeah, they're looking pretty. All them lost. They're looking pretty rough right now. So, yeah, it's getting bad. But, yeah, I got Gonzaga now. I mean, I should have took Gonzaga in the beginning. Not sure why I took Illinois. They look so great. And, you know, we see what happened. Sister Jean did it again, man. (laughs) Prayers. What can can I do, man? What, What can I do? Florida State. Got it. I'll peep. All right, man, some quick takes before we get out of here. LaMelo Ball is going to miss the rest of the season with a fractured wrist. I'm pretty sad about it. He should be the rookie of the year. Do you still think he'll get it? No. Anthony Edwards? Yes. Okay. I, I think that LaMelo Ball definitely would have won for rookie sure. of the year for if he sure. would have continued. But, yeah, it's unfortunate. I hope they still – I mean, if they, if they find a way to give it to him, impressive. I think he's been really good to his team. Very, really good for very his good, team. yeah. And I think that – the Hornets are going to be on the rise, man. They have a bright future ahead of them. Put it like yes, that. Yes, a couple pieces. They'll be in playoff contention for sure. Rumors of Nick Foles going back to Philly, man. You entertaining no. those? No. <laughs> no. Now, if he ends up in Philly, what are you going to say? I'm going to be mad. <laughs> because here's the thing. He won you a Super Bowl. Be grateful. Cool. Thank you, Nick. Okay. okay. Thank you, Nick, for right. winning those couple games. But here's the thing. Thank you, Nick, for what? Winning, winning those... that ring? Yes. Okay. Please please, <laughs> please put some respect on Nick Foles' name. All right. Nick Foles, I appreciate you playing well in the Super Bowl. Thank you. Winning the Super Bowl. Nick Foles, thank you for winning the Super Bowl. I'm going to get Nick Foles on the line. So here's the <laughs> thing. If, if, you're, if you're the Eagles, right, you just got rid of uh, Carson once you traded him. You have Jalen Hurts there. The owners came down, said, everybody, look, we're going with Jalen Hurts. Yep. You're looking for a backup quarterback. Who better than Nick Foles? But why would you trade an asset for Nick Foles? The Bears are going to have to release him anyway. Hey, man, he's going to thrive. Is he? He hasn't thrived anywhere but Philly. (laughs) Right. Okay. But this is is not Andy Reid. This is not Doug Peterson. You're right. It's not the same system. You're right. I mean, I don't know, man. I just think it's ironic. I th- to me, I just think it's ironic. I think it's funny that he only has a lot of success in, in Philly. Philly. <laughs> and I do think that would be a – although I think it would be a cool move for the Eagles, and I think it would be good for them to have somebody on the bench that, you know, kind of is familiar with mm-hmm. the system, familiar with Philly in general. But I think that will put a little bit of pressure on Jalen Hurts. Hurt. Exactly. I, just exactly. because he knows how well Nick Foles thrived in Philly. Thing, and you're, the Philly all, you're market, looking over your shoulder yeah, like that. The Philly market, the minute Jalen Hurts messes up, is going to be like, put Foles in. Yeah, and I don't want that yeah, for Jalen. Yeah, I need I get people that. to relax. I get, I get that. Because here's the thing. Jalen Hurts, I believe Jalen Hurts is 23 years old. Why would you want that much pressure on a 23-year-old quarterback who you just traded your $100-plus million quarterback to Indy this mm-hmm. past season? And you had you had him give him pressure all last year yep. for that. 
and then you're going to put pressure right back on his back after he was named basically the starter by the owner. Yep. So I'm, I'm thinking, like, look, here's what you should do. You you have Jalen Hurts as your starter. I don't care who you bring in his back. Bring him, bring him Jack, Joe Flacco. Put him in behind Jalen Hurts and let him just sit on the bench. Because here's the thing. Joe Flacco. All you need is somebody, a veteran backup, to just be there for, for Jalen. Like, explain to him what's going on in the offense, how to read the defense. Which can be false, but yeah. it's just the, the pressure that right. comes with false because what the he's Philly, done in Philly, yeah, what he means to Philly. Exactly. I don't want that for for, for Jalen. You, you know, the you. minute he messes up if Nick Foles is behind, is behind him, everybody in Philly, oh, put Foles. No. I got you. So, got yeah, you. Joe Flacco. <laughs> Yo, Joe Flacco to Philly. You heard it here first. Yeah. Before we get out of here, man, I feel like it's our duty to talk about Deshaun Watson right now. Okay. Over 10 counts and, and on the rise every every day. It seems like every hour yeah. of sexual misconduct, sexual lawsuits. What do you make of all this in Houston, man? All right. <clears throat> Before everybody jumps down my throat, I oh. want to say something. I mean, you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean by that. That's fine. I'm trying to be I'm trying to be serious. Yeah. Before y'all try to get on me for this, mm-hmm. I need to preface this by before I say this. Mm-hmm. If it comes out that all of this is false and these are lies and these are things that were sent on behalf of the Houston Texans mm-hmm. and his and their owner, yep. this should be major, and I mean major, major accountability from the NFL. Oh, yeah. From no, the criminal I'm, justice system. Oh, yeah, yeah, I want I want these lock And them, all lock that them because lock, what you're doing right now is you're blemishing that man's name. Literally. That man did nothing wrong to you if he did these things then I, I stand by everything that's going on but if he did not do anything and if this man is innocent and we're and people are out there dirting his name up like you should be seeing some of the stuff on twitter about deshaun watson right now and if these things are false and people are crucifying this thing you, this man so to speak mm-hmm. this should be major and i mean major major accountability from the NFL and from the criminal justice system to the Houston Texans. I want the justice system that to is, be involved. Because that is unacceptable. I want the justice system to, to be involved either way. Yeah. If, if Deshaun Watson is guilty and he did those things, lock him exactly. up. Exactly, yeah, agreed. He's a agreed. nasty man. Yeah. But if this is a smear campaign, this is one of, if not the wildest smear campaign this is disgusting. in history. Yeah. And if this if this is what Houston is doing just because he wants out and he's refusing to play for you, something deeply rooted is happening, and this is way beyond football. Yeah, you, you're ruining this man's life. And apparently, again, the guy who's representing all the women coming forward. Now, again, I respect all the women mm-hmm. coming forward. If he oh, did for it sure. to you, for sure, go ahead and handle your business. For sure. But if this is a smear campaign, this is a friend of the owner, by mm-hmm. the way, representing everybody. Yes. If this is a smear campaign. Shame on you. It's just hard to look at this and not be a little confused. One, because of the timing of everything. Yeah. Two, because of what's how it's coming out. One guy representing is a friend of the owner. He's right. representing everyone. Yeah. It, it just seems a little ironic. But then again, if one person comes out and says something... It's like, okay, it's your word against theirs. But it's like 15 But right it's now. like, yeah, but it's like 15. So it's like, at what point are we really saying... These this is a lot. This is yeah. getting overwhelming. Yeah, he he could very well be wild. Yeah. He could very well be wild. So I'm just gonna put it like this. I'm not sure if he's guilty or not. Right. It's hard to say he's not guilty because of the numbers. And they're coming out, and these are coming out every waves. day. The, it feels like every hour yeah. somebody else has filed a lawsuit against him. So these are coming out in waves. So it's hard not to think that, yo, he's guilty. Mm-hmm. But then again, when you look at it, he's had no history of any of this. Up until now, the point where he wants to leave Houston, yeah, exactly, and that's my that's my and issue. It, and it just it just seems like if this has been a thing, yeah. And I don't know if these are recent, then that is, that is my fault. I mm-hmm. didn't I didn't realize how recent these were. Yeah. But if this has been a thing, why now when he wants out of Houston? So the timing is what throws everything off. Yeah. Again, if he did it, please, please throw him under the jail. Yeah. That, I, that's all. I know. Right now, the league <laughs> is investigating. Yeah, I think he's going to be put on the commissioner's exempt list and all those types of things. Yep. Again, I want to preface this by saying, if these are true allegations, if he did these things, then go by any means. Pack him up. Get him out of here. Pack him up and throw him under the jail. Yes, get him out of here. However, if if this is a smear campaign and these are lies, everybody that came forward 
and the Houston Texans should all back be held up accountable. Pack, pack, pack them up, pack, pack them and they up should too. be indicted, arrested, yes. and everything because what they did, what they're doing to this man right now, is basically making sure nobody's touching him. You can't trade for him. You should not want him on your team. Yeah, yeah. Who would who would want to get somebody? Like and that it's with not all that? fair. It's not fair. If 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 these are not true, it's not fair how he's being treated. But if this is true, by any means, go ahead and press your charges. Yeah, it, it it's just wild. It, it's it's wild. It's literally story after story yeah. after story, and another case and another lawsuit. Another somebody else is. Yeah, we really want to know what's happening, and I want to hear from Deshaun Watson. I do. I, agreed. I don't know if now would be a good time to speak now that all this has came out, but I think he needs to make some type of statement. He yeah, did. did. Oh, he came out publicly with something. Yeah. Okay. I feel like, I mean, I'm waiting on a press conference. I think he and his agent, matter of fact, said something. Okay. So, yeah. I'm going to I'm have to go check and see what he says. But, yeah, I'm waiting I'm waiting on something because if this is all false, it's, it's kind of getting out of hand. And he he might want to get on top of it. Yeah. But if this is true, oh, yeah, he's out of here. Agreed. He's, he's out of here. That's all I got, man. Didn't mean to get so serious at the end of the podcast. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> ugh. 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 <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you all for tuning in. I like to say Black Lives Matter. They always matter. For they sure. always will matter. And the women matter, too, of course. You know, still Women's History Month. Shout out to the queens. Yes, shout out to the queens. Shout out to all the essential workers out there. Everybody, please get vaccinated if you haven't already. And continue to social distance. Continue to push for change. And we'll see y'all next week. Yeah, man. Everybody, please, please, please subscribe. Five-star rating. Leave a comment or review. Um, also, you know, guys, share us, follow us. And the other thing, guys, next week we have another guest coming on to talk about the wide receivers this time in the wide receiver class. And my my good friend, Teron Davenport, who covers the Tennessee Titans for ESPN, he will be joining us next week. So we had, you know, Emory Hunt this week. We got Teron Davenport next week. And the following week, we will have uh, New Jersey slash Philly's own Andrew DeCecco, who's going to be talking about the DB class, corners and safety. So we have some loaded shows coming up for you guys. We are getting y'all all ready for the draft. Please, if you haven't already, go get that book from Emory. For sure. Go get that book from Emory. He lays it all out in detail. He is going to hook you up. Shout out to him for coming and stopping by for the podcast. We appreciate that. For sure. All right, guys. I'm out of here. If I had bars, they would end with this. Deuces. Yo. It ain't no debate, no way, ain't no escape Big dog eating off the plate, cool breeze mops with the same Flexed up now, John Cena, racked up more than Serena Wife a baddie looking like Nia, more drip more than a leader I'm at the wood, I said I would get No mediocre, I'm feeling like tip Sound like to me, we got us a hit, they can't even drip line So savvy is the swag daddy, red eye flights out to Cali Holding bags looking like a caddy, penthouse vibes, no addy This is the wave to give them the feeling, rappers be capping no, I don't feel you Feel like the man when I walk through the building Too many scars and spiritual healing I got a million dreams I got a million schemes We going crazy, we going crazy We got the winning team